from the desk below. What up, though? You are now tuned in to From the Desk of Low. Brought to you by that feeling. Go get it. From the Desk of Low. Welcome back from the Desk of Low. I have with me one of the people who I grew up listening to. One of my most favorite verses by him is on Fire and Squad. And when the alarm on the album after. So if you already know who that is, I have the one and only from the legendary group M.O.P., my guy, Lil Fame. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's going yeah, on? Start this off right, sir. Happy New Year, Fame. Same to you, brother. Yeah, it's been a wonderful year for hip-hop this year. Yeah. I'm happy you're enjoying it, man. <laughs> um, so, I was always curious, Fame, too. Um, I seen you recently started going out and doing your own solo thing. Yeah. Um, I'm setting up for my solo thing. Uh, as you know, Billy Billy got his solo project. He dropped. Uh, he dropped the project uh, like a month or two ago for Six Pack, and now he's dropping another joint. It's called Baker's Dozen. So he, you know, he's doing his solo thing, and I'm setting up for my solo thing. I got a project with um, Sean P that I just finished up. It's called Price of Pain. I'm doing all the production. P's doing all the rhyming. You know, I seen a static selector tweet about that a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, that rumor was true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we done with it. I just finished up the last joint, so things like now just sequence the joint. And, um, it's ready to go. Everything is set up for it. It's just once I turn it in, it's time to go. Um, Fame, you're from Brownsville, Brooklyn, if I have my facts straight, right? Um, I was curious, um, Fame, did you meet Sean Price when he was a rock? I, yeah, I knew Sean Price was way back, way, way back. Yeah. yeah, we all came up together in the game. Um, I knew P, I knew, I knew, um, P, I know rock, I know the old boot camp, man. So we all, that's before rap, you know what I mean? Um, can you possibly... You got, cash, you got, you got smoother hustler, smoother hustler from up my way. Smoother hustler and trigger the gambler. A lot of good shit came out of Brownsville. Mike Tyson, I ain't Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? Shannon Briggs. Master Ace. You know what I mean? Zab Judah, Zab Judah, Master Ace. Can't forget Master Ace. That's one of the OGs. That's one of my OGs. Um, yeah, so a lot of good shit came out of Brownsville. Um, so I was curious, um, Fame, you were exposed to the street life at a very early age, too, but I've understand that you grew up with Billy, too. Um, did you guys both start getting into the street life at the same age around up, or was it like he kind of went yeah. for, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, around the same age, man. We grew up on the same block. Yeah, because I, I, I live right across the street from Billy, but we grew up in a, uh, we grew up in a, uh, in a, uh, what you call, a crack building. A drug building, you know what I mean? Where everything goes on in there. And that, that that was like the, uh, the epicenter of, uh, of, 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 our, of our lives, of both our lives, you know what I mean? Do you think that everything that you experienced as a youth fame molded you into the person that you are now? Of course, of course, yep. Yeah. It made, 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 us, made me tougher, made me smarter, 
let me know when to go, when not to go, when to chill out, you know. You learn a lot. I learned a lot from, from growing up where I was. Um, did, were you producing too at an early age too, fam? Yeah. I used to, um, see me, me growing up where I grew up, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell, I'll tell, I'll tell the world this every time, if you can, but I am literally a, a nerd of hip-hop music, of all music. I'm a nerd when it comes to it, all right? They don't, you don't get to see that side because all you see is the rah-rah shit, the rah-rah-rah, the hood shit, but I am a nerd when it comes to music, you know what I mean? It's just, um, like growing up, how I grew up, it's certain times that you, that you reveal that side of you because... You know, you got you got people that want to kill you. You talking about fucking music. Nobody give a fuck about no music. You know what I mean? So it's a time and a place for it. But I do music. Oh, you know what I mean? I do music professionally. I do music like a champ. Yes, sir. And um, there's also, because you have a, a unique sound when it comes to your producing noises, too. I mean, your producing sounds, too. I was curious on the very first record that you ever sampled. Like, wow. I... Made this shit joke. <laughs> uh, I can't. To be honest, I sampled some shit way back. I forgot what it was. I sampled. I forgot what it was, but I used fucking. Uh, what was it? I used fucking Lord Professor. Lord Professor. I used uh, Main Source as a hook. Saying um, I used Gangstar and Main Source as a hook. I had a song called The Neighborhood Hood. So I used Gangstar when he'd be like, Little Bang, think got a Little Bang for a stick-up gang. So I used a Little Bang, and I used uh, Blonde Professor, what he's saying, The Neighborhood Hood, you know what I mean? So then, and far as, far as, far as beats, man, I was just sampling, I sampled any fucking thing. I, I used to make calls tapes back then, because I didn't have the, I didn't have the, uh, the equipment, I didn't have the production equipment, like it wasn't professional. So I used to put it together the best way I could, which was like tape decks and maybe loop a break beat. You know, you make a pause tape, you sample a, sample a drum sound over and over, scratch a record on top of it, and then copy that, and then play that and rap on top of it. So that's how I used to, you know what I mean? And this was way before the internet, people listening. So this, he's giving away free game. Yeah, yeah, I used to do that way back, man. Um... That was the thing to do, man. You know, when I want to get off the block, that's what I did. I go to my boy crib, we, we make music. Other than that, I'm on that fucking block all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was a good, that was a getaway for me, man. And like I yeah. said, I, I always loved music, man. I, I grew up with a, what, a Caribbean household. My mom played calypso and reggae music all fucking day. You know oh, what wow. I mean? So all that, all that's installed in me, yeah. Um, so there's a crazy story about Cold as Ice and you actually finding that record in the rain and you sampled it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when I first bought, uh, pardon me, my man Lee's bought me the, um, the MPC 2000. I actually learned, learned on the 3000, the MPC 3000. Okay. But when I got, he bought me 2000, so we tried that out. You know what I mean? Um, um, the 2000 was more easier to get to, like certain parts, certain pages you want to get to through the machine. 2000 was right there. So I was really zoned out then. So anywhere I find, I mean, I, that's a normal. Like I go to I go to my friend's house, I hear old record, I'm like, yo, can I take this? Can I, you know what I mean? My friend's parents' house or they, their mom's house, I, I still old record. They got a record just sitting around. You can find anything off any record. Ain't no telling what you're going to find. That's the best part about it. You know what I mean? And I found, I picked up that, um, I was walking from the label 
from uh, what was that Loud Records, working the Loud Records. Okay. And I found um, and I found uh, I found a uh, it was a thing of records, like a bag of records. And there was a bunch of records sitting sitting out in the rain. So I just stole it in, in a plastic bag. Wow, that's a crazy story. Can you imagine if you never found that crate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they said one man's junk is another is another man uh, uh, another man prize. You know what I mean? That's a fact, right that there. Was junk, that, was, that was junk to them, but it was a prize for me. You know. And it made a classic record out of it too. Thank you, man. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate. Hey, one love, fam. I gotta say, cause like you, um, from MOP too. I remember the first time that my older cousin was playing Firing Squad. I was real young at the time, but when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this right here. This sounds like what you guys talk about all the time." They're like, "Yeah, but you, you're too young for this." So I remember, yeah, actually sneaking into his apartment building when he was at work, taking that CD. And then he went over to my grandma's house. He's like, yo, does Low got that Firewood Squad CD? I was like, grandma, tell him I don't got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, we used to do the same thing, man. I, like, I put somebody on, on some new music, like a Scarface, Untouchable. Oh, uh, classic. Even before that, you know what I mean? Uh, and you, I know back then it was tapes. Yes. So I know when my tape popped. Like, you tie it back together, you fix it the best way you could. So next thing you know, you you in the car with somebody, or you at somebody else, and they playing the fucking, they playing the tape, and the tape, it it messes up where I fixed it at. So I'm like, nigga, that's my fucking tape. You know what I mean? So <laughs> slick shit like that, like still take a tape from somebody without them throwing the shit behind their back, and they'll wind up catching it, you know, later on. But it was all love. It's not like really, it's not like really stealing. Like stealing ain't good, but. You know what I mean? But like far as music, man, we'll rob each other for tape either. Tape yeah. CD. Hell yeah. Yo, you gave me that CD. Yo, where my CD at? You ain't give me no CD. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I that shit happened a lot with us, bro. Um, Fame, a lot of people always ask you about your relationship about DJ Premier. But I've been an MOP fan for as long as I can remember. The first time I've ever heard Teflon on that New Jack City verse, I was like, who yeah, the yeah, hell yeah. is this guy? <laughs> it blew my mind when I heard yeah. Teflon. How did you meet Teflon? Hey, yo, Teflon, Teflon from Brownsville with us, too. Teflon from Brownsville with us, and, uh, and we was for the long in a long time he was away on vacation or whatever you know street vacation or whatever so when he came by the time he came home you know what I mean we were, we were running around doing a um, doing a um, how about some hardcore thing or whatever doing shows and shit Tef Tef like yo I still I spit too nigga so yeah we hear, I hear him I hear him doing his shit nigga I'm like nigga Fuck you going, nigga. You with us, nigga. Where the fuck you going? <laughs> you know what I mean? From there, Chef locked in. Chef was still on papers at the time, so he couldn't move the way he wanted to. But when, once he got off papers and he, you know, he freed up, he was he was there everywhere we go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I, I knew Chef. I knew Chef since I was a kid too. Oh wow! So that's why the chemistry was so good together. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we all we all grew up on the same shit. We all know the same people. We all went to the same funeral, same bed, the same shit. You know what I mean? And 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 also too, when you look back on it too, it creates timeless memories that will always resonate too. And some of it's even documented. Right, right, yeah. But 
Well, nowadays you can document every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, back then we're back then we restricted. Or oh, you get it when you get it. You know what I mean? You um you actually collaborated with a few of my guests. Uh, my favorite collaboration is with you and Termology. I was wondering how that relationship came about. Yeah, Term Term is my bro, man. It was it was a time when um when I was doing a lot of production out in Williamsburg with my man Bob Perry. I did a lot of stuff with him, like playing AZ. I did a lot of camera. I did all the shit. So he used to give me a lot of work. And Term used to come through or whatever. Um, at the time, I think Bob Perry was going to sign him or whatever. But Turner used to come through and just hang out with him. You know what I mean? Not even just on music shit. Just he used to come through or whatever. But I had a lot of beats that I, that I had on the side. And Turner used to be like, yo, let me get that. Let me get that. So every time he comes through, he, he snatch a beat. And next thing you know, he got a verse. He, you know, he did some shit to it. So I'm like, yeah, keep that. You know what I mean? We, we just kept working from there. And we, we got a turn, turn no music too, man. He's a, he's a good dude with the music too. Like, as far as making songs and putting shit together. Because a lot of people just rap, just rap, just rap, but it's, how, it's about building a song. You know what I mean? Making a fucking composition, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Term is good at that. So we, we make we make good music together. We're speaking about doing another um, a Terminology Part 2. I don't know if that's going to be tied to it, but we're thinking about doing a, a physiology, you know, another Ooh. physiology project. Yeah, because yeah. you guys did the first one, too. I bought that on iTunes. I was like, this shit was fire. Yeah, thank you, brother. Oh, well, I want love. We just work, man. I just work, man. I just do this. I just do this shit, man. I do this shit naturally, man. It's just whenever we go to studio, we gonna come out with this shit. Put it like that. So every idea you do, you try to you try to put it down instead of holding on to it. It's like holding on to thin air. You know what I mean? Like a couple years pass, you ain't did shit. So you gotta you gotta try to get it all down, man. Yeah. And that's that's the shit I'm on right now. Um, so this is a question I always wanted to ask you too. When you signed with G Unit too, I was curious, um, this is a question I always ask a lot of my guests too. Do you have a lot of unreleased music that you just played to yourself and the world would never hear from that time? Yeah, yeah, we still I still got a lot of music. We got a lot of shit that we haven't put out. That's just just naturally. A lot of stuff is just like, you know, Time passed, he never did nothing with it, but it's still a great song. Great songs will pass the test of time. And I mean, great music, you can you release a great song anytime, almost anytime. When the timing is right, it's, it's good, but the, the song never dies. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't use outdated references and shit like that. You know, I just I just bought the flow and it's just all natural. I don't try to do no, no uh, follow no trends or nothing like that. You know what I mean? So the music will always be up to par as long as you ain't trend following it. You know, like for instance, everybody say swag. Used to say swag. Now you put swag in your rap now. It should sound crazy, but like, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I never follow shit like that. I always do my own thing. And it's even documented too because I've known uh, Rockefeller's been, they were trying to sign you for the longest time since like 95, but you guys always kept yeah. your, you guys always kept your integrity. It's like, well, the timing isn't really right. And then when you guys did get with them, they were on top of the game. Right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, but it's like, that's the whole thing, man. We always ripped our brand, man, regardless. It's MOP, it's not like we turned to Rockefeller. We yeah. There's always just, MOP. Part of that, part of their, yeah, part of their label, but we never we never flipped it all like that, and they respected it because we just did us, and we, that's what they wanted from us, just to be us, you know what I mean? You know how rare that is, fame, so though? So, that is so, so we, rare. Yeah, so we kept the integrity, we kept the integrity of our brand. You know what I mean? Just being us. 
Uh, um, was that the mental me- mentality you always came into the game with, or did somebody teach you that, fam? Nah, that's, that's the mentality we came to the game with. That's, a, that's the easiest way to come through. Like, I can't do, I can't do what other artists do. That's what. Why the fuck am I doing what they do? You know what I mean? Then I wouldn't be me. You know what I mean? You, you got artists that do what they do. Then you got MOP, and we do what we do. Yeah, that's, you got me. And there's only one MOP. Let's get this straight, people. There's only yeah, one. There's only one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right, that's right. Yeah, a lot of people try to copy it, but it's all good. That ain't nothing but, that ain't nothing but flattery, man. It's a good thing. And, and they can't copy the real anyway. They can't copy, exactly. You can't duplicate it. <laughs> um, you've been on a lot of crazy tour stories, too, and seen a lot of crazy fights. I was curious on the most craziest party you ever went to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I uh, I could say um I won't say what label, but it was a signing party. Okay. And we're supposed to be enjoying our um enjoying our signing to this label. And something popped off. I can't remember exactly which man but we wanna tear the whole fucking party up. We never <laughs> never got to perform or enjoy the party. That's how that's how easy seems to happen. Wow. And it's like, too, it's just had a split of a second, too, mind you, too. Yeah, 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 it happens quick, man. Um, <clears throat> I read somewhere that Eminem used to really open up for you, Jones. Yeah, Eminem, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, yeah, we did a couple shows with Aaron. A couple shows with Pun, Big Pun. Just open up and shit like that, yeah. And now look at them, right? Yeah. Uh, you never know, man. You never, you never know, man. When you're talented, man, when you're talented, you got it. And it's ready to go, man. You can't, you can't fucking hold it back, man. Just, just let them fucking go, man. You can't hold back shit. You know what I mean? Good shit, you can't hold it back. Do you have any special... Yeah, shout-outs. Oh, sorry, go ahead, fam. No, I was just saying shout-out to those, both of them. And rest in peace to Pun. Pun was my brother, man. Pun's a good friend of mine. All right, peace and legend. Yeah. Um, I was curious too when you were coming up with uh, the Saint Marksman album too. Is that is that a complication MOP album? Or is that a considered an actual MOP album? No, you know that's just a, that was actually a mixtape, man. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, yeah. We was in the studio just bugging out, just throwing shit together. You know what we wound up? It was supposed to be an actual mixtape, but like not even. Not even original beats, just just a zone. Like we had free time, free studio time. We, we just didn't make this throwing shit together, and we wound up making it a, a project. Um, so you have um, because I noticed that with MOP, like they love you guys overseas. Like they really fuck with y'all overseas. Um, yeah. Very first time you went overseas. The very first time. Yes, sir. Gangsta. Gangstar brought us overseas. Oh, wow. Gangstar tour with Gangstar, Dots FX, Group Home, J. Root Damager, and M.O.P. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Gangstar brought us across. What's up, bro? All right, yeah. Yeah, so um, Gangstar actually is the first group to to bring us overseas. Shout out to Premier, shout out to DJ Premier, rest in peace, Guru, on Gangstar Foundation. Rest in peace, Guru, the legend. Um, did it blow your mind that people knew your songs across overseas from all the way back then? Because, like, there was no internet back uh, then. And no, uh, it blew my mind, and also, the fucking, the, it's, 
I mean, that's the way. That's the that's the way I always vision it. Like, what is what blow my mind is that it's overseas. I give it up like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we used to have we had some yeah, crazy New York to be crazy, East Coast to be crazy. I mean, states to be crazy. But when you go overseas and you see them know that shit word for word, and they they got a lot of energy, and that shit makes you go more and more harder. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah, that it was crazy. It was crazy knowing. Knowing that you can actually perform like a, like a, like a, uh, you can perform up to your potential, your full potential over there. Because they're not laid back watching the show, they get getting involved. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and they actually, like, fuck with the actual, like, um, album cuts. Like, not the singles, they actually fuck yeah, with the actual exactly. album yeah, cuts. Yeah, yeah, they get involved, bro. Because it's like, it's like this, I see it like this, maybe I'm wrong. And in the state, you see an artist every fucking day. You know, you're like, oh, that's such and such over there, oh, that's such and such, yeah. But out of the country, they don't get to see the artists every day. So when they when they see the artists or the artists in, in their country or in their town, they appreciate it and they show up. They show up for the show because they, it's a part, like, it's a lot of history that they miss. They miss, they don't get it. They're not spoiled like the states is. So when they get it, they embrace it and have a good time with it. You know what I mean? I mean, collecting collecting vinyl from vinyl to everything, merch, everything. They get involved, you know? Um, I was curious, like, the very first time that you ever seen your face on a vinyl, too, and it was like, wow, yo, I'm on vinyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, I was a great feeling. I'm from the block, so anything, anything positive was, was, a, was a plus for me and Billy because we come from we come from rough where, you know, they ain't expect us to, to have no kind of life, no kind of career, nothing. They ain't expect us. They, you know, most most of the people I know is in jail or dead, you know what I mean? Or, or trying, struggling to stay on their feet, you know what I mean? So what we did was, was a good thing, not only for us, a handful of people that we can help out with, with us too. Especially like how far you guys came from Two Deaf. Like my favorite song off that album is Top of the Line. You killed that shit. Top of the Line. You remember Top of the Line? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I was man, like I said, man. Like I lost a lot of man. We lost a lot of people, man. Coming up, man. I got on when I was. How about some hardcore came out when I was sixteen? Wow. You know what I mean? And from there, yeah, from there it was people dying back to back. Like I lost my older brother, I lost my mother, I lost my father. Back to back. You know what I mean? Then I had my son. My son was pretty mature. And then, you know, it was just struggle after struggle after struggle. You know what I mean? My son was a grown, my son is a big fucking boy now. You wouldn't think he was a preview. But back then <laughs> that shit was just a lot of fucking pressure on me. You know what I mean? And just to, um just just getting off the block and working and recording, that shit changed our lives, man. That shit did a lot for us. And it also is the moral of the story of never giving up. Yeah, never giving up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and re realize what you got. Realize how far, how, I mean, how much, how much you accomplished. That shit keeps you going. Keeps you pushing. Um... And it is, yep. and it also brings so much more influence into your life too when you've seen what you overcame. Of course, of course. Thank God for that, man. Just like the little interlude on positive influences on Two Death. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know your shit. You know your <laughs> shit bro. <laughs> I was gonna say, yo, I had a oh, because before uh, streaming sites too, I had every MOP album except for Till Death. That I had to actually like. Got that burnt. 
Yeah, that's the issue with that uh, with that project, man. But I can, um, I'm not gonna get into it. But we're oh. working on it. We're working on it with everywhere. Okay. Um, when you were actually, um, oh, sorry. When you actually met Hello B2, did you realize that she was into radio at that time? Because I love you guys' relationship with Hello B. No, she wasn't actually when Hello B was rapping hard, going hard back then. She wasn't into radio back then. When we was, um, I think the most she did was the reality TV show. That, that was like the first, one of the first reality TV shows. That was the uh, real world. That's the only, but she wasn't doing radio back then with my kind of nigga. But I was always a fan of, um, Hella B song, Glock Sam. Like, she always, she always spit like a, like a dude. I don't want to say that. I don't, I don't mean nothing by that. I don't mean nothing disrespectful by that. But she always came across like, she spit harder than some, some, most, some, most male rappers at the time. You know what I mean? I give Hella B that. And, you know what I mean? So we, we always, always had love for Hella B and respect to her music. And her attitude and her delivery and everything, you know what I mean? And also, when she also killed on My Kind Part 2. I'm not going to say the word because I'm white. Yeah, nah, you good, brother. <laughs> my kind, yeah, my kind of nigga. Nah, she did a thing on the Part 2, yeah. We, of course, we invited her back. But the first the first one was her song. So the second one, we was like, yo, let's do a part. Let's do a part. Actually, Beat Miners came through the studio back in D&D. Any, any, you're running to anybody in D&D studio from Jay-Z to Nas to fucking Biggie. Anybody will walk through and you want to make it magic with them. You know what I mean? We, we, we got that kind of respect for each other. So, uh, B-minus, B-minus came through when we were recording, uh, we were recording Warriors. Okay. Warriors, I think that was Warriors. Yeah, no, was that Warriors or First Family for Life? Whatever, I, I can't remember exactly. But, uh, yeah, and, um, Heather B was there, and he pulled the beat up, Heather B wrote a verse, knocked that shit out, smacked the shit out the verse, and, you know what I mean, it was dope, so we, we wound up naming it My Kind of Nigga Part 2. Oh, wow. Um, I, I like how you said D&D Studios, too. I, I heard so much legendary stories about that kid, but I was... D&D Studios was the shit, bro. <laughs> I'm talking about the sound, the shit was banging, the shit was like a hangout on the block. It's like you in a fucking... D&D Studios like a fucking, like a gambling spot coming from Brown, like in Brownsville. You know what I mean? You got everything going on there. You got, you know, back then, it was a big shit to buy, like, you could buy Phillies, you could buy... Billy, Billy's in the um in the vending machine. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? <laughs> the vending machine. You know what I mean? We had pool tables, dice games, everything going on, and recording recording the album at the same time. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> and that kind of environment too is like made some of the most classic music ever. Yeah, like it makes you make make you got everything there. So you. You ain't got a bunch of brave everything. <laughs> it ain't like these big corporate studios now. Sometimes I gotta take a walk and fucking get a vibe or look out the window and try to, you know what I mean? Because the studio's so fucking clean, you can't fucking get a vibe. That shit was that exact vibe. Everything you was talking about was right there in the studio. You know what I mean? So that made it easiest, easy for us to, uh, to record projects, man. Come up with great albums like Warriors and shit like that. Um, Not only other artists as well. And you know how much people wish they can get a shout out from the late notorious B.I.G. Yeah, big, big with my homeboy, man. Big, big with my dude. I was gonna say, yeah. uh, the very first time you ever met Big, I was curious about that. Uh, I can't remember the very first, very first time. Uh, 
shit or whatever. Um, uh, no, matter of fact, nah, hell no. The very first time big niggas come through the hill. I don't want to think they brought Big through the hill and shit. And this nigga, this nigga was rapping and shit. I know, I know him from people that know him. People from my neighborhood brought him around. Okay. So I knew him from there, but I didn't know he. I know he was, you know, he was slinging for them. Like he was getting a little money for them or whatever, or you know, doing whatever he did over there. But when I heard him rapping, I'm like, oh, this motherfucker rap. You know what I mean? I ain't know that shit. You know what I mean? And like I said, it's a certain time. Everybody ain't know I rap. Everybody ain't know what the fuck I did. If you know me personally, you know what I did. But it wasn't like no shit. Like everywhere I go, I'm fucking freestyling and rhyming in front of people. Like I said, this shit wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't necessary. Yeah. It wasn't necessary. So at, at the time when it's necessary, that's when you that's when you do your thing. And um, yeah, same. So me and Big used to kick kick balls back and forth and shit like that when it when it was when it was necessary or when it was the right time. You know what I mean? Yes. Do shit like that. Yeah. Was this around the time when uh, you got your placement for House Party Three on How About Some Hardcore? What 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 about the placement? Was that was that around that time? Okay, okay. Yeah, because I remember... Me, bro. Um, I'm sorry, bro. Oh, yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, so, when you were actually coming up with your stage name, Little Fame, too, was that always your name from the beginning, like, Fame? Uh, Fame? Yeah, I didn't hear you, bro. Oh, yeah, no, no worries. I can edit the part where you cut out. Um, I was curious, too. Uh, was Fame your, always your stage name from the start? Yeah, my brother, my brother, my older brother gave me that name. Okay. Yeah, but around, but around the way on the block, they call me Slap. Oh, really? Slap or Little Malik, because that's my brother named Malik. So they call me Little Malik. Slap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um... So, do you um, tell a lot of your life experiences to your family and what they can do if they ever got in some of your positions before and tell and you can guide them through it? I was always curious about that. I, got, I, speak, I speak to my son about it all the time. And, I speak to my son about it. I keep, I keep him focused. I keep him. I let him know what he's doing. I let him know what he's doing. That's all I got, man. He's my son. And that's what builds a very strong bond to your father and son relationship too. Yeah, that's my twin. That's my twin right there. Um, you bring him to the studio a lot? Yeah, no. My son is actually in the military though. Oh wow. So he gets free time, he comes down to check. Yeah. He comes and check out. Oh wow. Well that's very good, man. And then it also shows too like how how much of a good dad you are too, because like, wow, the military, that's a that's a big role right there. Yeah, as long, yeah, as long as you're not positive, man, as long as you're not on that corner, then you're doing the same shit I used to do, you know what I mean? That's a big step for me. So, you know. Um, you also toured with Linkin Park. Yeah, yeah, we, we toured with Linkin Park, Snoop Dogg and shit. We, um, we did a rock album, too. My man Lazy Ladies came up with the idea. So, um, yeah, they wanted, he wanted me with the band. Um... Damn, what the fucking name was? Uh, fuck it. I forget the name, man. Massive, massive something. I forget the name. I'm sorry, bro. Oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they want, they want to, um, 
Lee started it off with some of our acapellas, and we wound up going back in there and finishing it up. And did you guys acquire a bunch of new... Uh, was, it, was the band called Shiner Massive? Yeah, Shiner Massive. Yeah, thank you, bro. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Ooh. my G. Um, that's, that's my boys. That's why I can't, I can't shit on them, man. I make sure I can do props. So did you guys Did you With that album The rock album too Did you guys get like A bunch of new fans That never knew Any of your old stuff It's like we were fans Oh yeah Oh yeah New fans Yeah and, uh, Nah just a lot of A lot of We make aggressive music So Yeah we got We got new fans Not only that We got a lot of Uh a lot of show requests to go on the road with the band. So we actually went on the road with China Massive with the Lincoln Park tour and after that. Okay. Uh, so it did open a lot of doors for us. And uh, were, were you guys getting a lot of comparisons uh, before, uh, I mean, sorry, after Annie Up with the rap rock comparisons too? Because that single right there, Jesus Christ, I play that when I'm getting ready to fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, man, thank God, man. We all this shit just come together, man. man. We we just actually we had a um, on all our um all our joints like well a lot of our projects we had um we had songs we had like um rock like uh hard instruments like uh like live guitars and shit like we had the first one called uh Rugged Never Smooth the original was like a rock beat and oh. then we did the um. Yeah, on Handle Your Business, we did Handle Your Business. The original to that is like a rock, a rock, like electric guitar, rock joint, you know what I mean? So, we, we always had that element in our, in our, in our music from day one. Yeah. Because um, you said yeah. you're a music lover, too. I'm a music lover as well. What's your favorite rock or alternative metal band? I can't tell you that, man. Don't make me lie to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, the real I know them shit's on sampling. Let me see, uh... I fuck with, I like Pink Floyd. I like fucking. Um, oh wow! See, you, you probably cat. Yeah, I like I like certain shit. I like Doors. Oh I like, wow! I like old shit. Yeah, old shit. I ain't into um. I can't tell you exactly. I know good songs when I hit them. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You like you probably would know the fucking bad name word for word. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, actually. Uh, uh, if it was rap, yes. Rock, I'm not too familiar with. But if it was like, like, oh, if it was like, well, I know, I know, I know, the, I know, I know the good songs when I hear them shit. Okay. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Doors. Wow, I never would have expected that from you. Wow. I may have to check out the Doors now. I ain't got a front. Yeah. Um, doors. Shit, man. You know why? Because some of the most of the beats are like fucking hip hop beats, man. It's like hard fucking hip hop beats. So, so yeah. I like a lot. I like a lot of good shit. I even like fucking, man. I like it's funny how you brought that up. I don't know why, but every time people bring up Le Lenny Kravitz, I just think of that Jay Z song uh, with him, Guns N' Roses. You actually. Um, nah, before that. 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 Nah, before that.
before that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Like Levi Kravitz way back then, not not in the two thousand. A lot of hip hop, a lot of hip hop, hip hop has got onto him from the Jay Z song. But before that, man, that fucking album, he had a song where he was talking about what caught me was the song about his about his mom, and it reminds me of my mom because his mom's Caribbean, my mom's Caribbean. So you know what I mean? The songs go, uh, you like tell me, mama. Oh, oh man, I know that song. He hit me so fucking hard, man. So I want to buy that album that he had. I want to get away on it and all type of shit. So me and my son, me and my son, used to listen to that shit. Wow. I just come to my hood and play that shit. He's like, what the fuck are you playing? <laughs> like, this is Lenny Kravitz. You're just a shit right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just good music, man. Sometimes you got to get away from rap. You know what I mean? To clear your head. Yeah. To get back to it, you know? And it also expands yeah. your plus, mind, too. Yeah, I sample a lot of shit. I get ideas. I get ideas from it. You know what I mean? So it makes you think. It makes you more creative, like you said. And um, when you're a sampling too, you don't have to give away any secrets. But I, but I'm curious. For a producer, do you listen to a lot of overseas music and just to find certain sounds? I listen to every fucking thing, anything <laughs> like. Yes. Yeah, so, see, I had a bad habit too. I used to sample a lot of shit, and then when it's time to uh, like later on. Like, sometimes a label will be like, what did you sample? What, what is this that you sampled? I, and then, I didn't used to write down the samples back there. I used to sample the shit and just throw them over shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I don't <laughs> know. It was know, hot. Now I know the shit. Yeah, yeah. Now I know. That's how that's how deep I was into it. I, I just go through any fucking record I find from shit. I never was big on record shopping. Like, some people go record shopping. Like, I tried it once or twice. You know what I mean? But you don't feel like carrying all that shit. <laughs> but you, I know, I know some producers like a Marco Polo that will go and take a trip just to just to go record shopping, just just to be in Japan and go record shopping. You know what I mean? Just go somewhere farming and buy the records. You know, find some rare samples from out of, out of the country. You know, and I'm, I'm with that or whatever. I right? still win. Records you don't want, give me a Marco. I use them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever records you want. But man, give me stacks of records too. I'm not, I'm not gonna use the same shit that he used. I'm not stupid. I ain't stupid like that. You know what I mean? I would use it. I, I use different shit. Yeah. But it's like sometimes they won't hear what I hear. Just like I won't hear what they hear. You know what I mean? Yeah, because producers have way more advanced ears than the average yeah. listener. Yeah, you you hear shit different. So they, they like they will hear shit different than I hear it. And if I if I heard it the same way they did, I, I would I would disrespect it and try to use the same shit they use. That shit is just yeah have you um ever went digging in your own vault and found a beat that was on cassette and transferred it over to cdi quality and used it before no thing? i didn't no i didn't but yeah i got a bunch of shit in my house that i gotta go through that i play once in the blue i'll be like yo i gotta put this put this to the side so yeah i got a box of shit i got a um, i got a box of stuff that that i can tap back into you know what i mean or is it it'd be for some people to hear, for the fans to hear it. I can only well, imagine. Uh, <laughs> There's probably so much jewels in that. Yeah, yeah I'd be like, yo, whatever happened to this? You know, <laughs> maybe something that we started and never finished it. Um, well, Fame, um, I don't want to take up most of your time. Um, this is a question that I ask every one of my guests at the end of each episode. And the reason why I ask the each guest this is because no individual can ever answer this question the same. Do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? That words for anybody that does what? For somebody in a dark place, like they're in a dark place mentally or emotionally, and they're trying oh, to see the light. Shit, man. Yeah, man. You gotta. 
I said, I, this is the simplest way I can say it, man. Get out of that fucking dark space because it's like if someone is in a hospital bed, like, and you're not really sick, you're not fucking sick. Let somebody else that's really sick get that fucking bed. Get out of that dark spot. You know what I mean? And that's very true, too, because there is somebody else that's sick that would need that. You're right, right. So you get the fuck out of that dark spot, man. And if you so need... You gotta do everything to... And do everything to stay... To don't... Do everything to keep yourself happy. Can't nobody make you happy like you. If, it ain't no, if you can't make yourself happy, you can't, can't nobody else make you happy. You know what I mean? That's a fact. So you, gotta get up, you, gotta do, you gotta do whatever you do to make yourself happy, whether it's jogging, you take a walk, or you love music, or you, whatever you do. You can't, you know? It's like, enough is enough. How, how long are you gonna beat yourself up? And and if you guys are in the dark space, I advise everybody go listen to Fame's verse on You Don't Know Remix and the zip code one two three motherfucker. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do that. Yep. Um, uplift yourself, man. Stay positive. Fuck all the bullshit, cause the bullshit gonna be there. Come, it's for life, man. Shit happens. But how long you wanna sit like that? You know what I mean? Get the fuck out of there. It's like what Fame said. You only have the power to make yourself happy. That's right, that's right. Um, is there anything that you'd like to plug in, Fame, before I let you go? Uh, just look out for that, that um, Price of Fame, Sean Price, Little Fame, Price of Fame. Project is dropping next month. Look out for the Billy Dance Project. It's called uh, Baker's Dozen. And we out here, man. We still pushing. And with that being said, this is another classic episode featuring a very humble legend, Little Fame of MLP. Thank you, brother. Welcome back from the desk flow. I have with me the other half of the most legendary group, probably my most favorite duo besides Mob Deep. I have Billy Days of MOP on the phone. Yeah, yeah, what's up, brother? What's going on with you? I was just bumping the six pack early today, as I told you earlier. Nice. You should bump that six pack. <laughs> oh, I got it downloaded on Title, so I hope the Title cut the check. <laughs> that's right that's right that's right that's right good job brother I appreciate you I appreciate you too um so I was curious um what made you actually want to release a solo record after all this time too because you don't really have to right no you know what it, it's something that I've been planning to do and I maybe you know probably should have did it earlier but um it's, you know at this time it's like you know we need to spread out a little bit with, with our careers um, and even though when you get a Billy Dan solo, it's not actually a solo because Fane has to have input in it. He has to um, approve the records and say yay or nay because, you know, I value his opinion. Um, so and he has to be a part of the process. And same with me with anything that he does. Oh, yes, too. Um, so what was the initial first record that you actually done for that project in particular days, too? Because like I told you before, that impositional Halle Berry, that's my shit right there. Right. Well, see, here's the thing. I've been... Okay, so it starts off as the Billy Dance Project, which my first thought was, I'm just going to put an album together. But then I started making all of these records. Um... So the very first record that I did when I started the process is not even on the six-pack. It may be on the upcoming release, which is called The Baker's Dust. Okay. Uh, um, and, and that's still not the album. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. So as you look at the six-pack, you're like, wow, it's an EP. Yeah. It's labeled an EP because on these um, 
streaming platforms or download services or whatever, um, they have to label it as something. But it's really just a six-part single. It's one single with six parts. Ah, that explains the cover. Right, right. So it's just one single with six parts. And the Baker's Dozen um, will be the same way. It's still just a single with a multi-part single. And then you'll get the album later on, uh, maybe the end of the year sometime, or, or the first quarter of next year. So I'm guessing Baker's Dozen's going to have 12 tracks, because it doesn't. <laughs> I'm gonna go with twelve, but we'll find out in the long run. <laughs> but yeah, man, and listen, man, the response that I'm getting from just the, the six pack alone has been amazing. Um, a lot of people people really like the records. They like the energy. The they like the familiar new energy. What we call the throwback to the future. Um, you know, with with joints like Halle Berry or Imposition which is, you know, almost slightly typical MOP, but with a little bit of a twist, like a little more upgraded. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that I can keep my fans excited about <clears throat> what I've done, you know, what, what, with this project, because they helped me get here. And then I also want to make sure I have the option, or I give a younger or a newer audience the option of liking the records as well. Okay. Well, it also very shows too because like it gives like the audience who may like never heard of MOP and they come across you and they can like actually discover you from actually Billy Dance. It's like whoa, he has a whole legacy behind him. When after like some, cause some some kid could actually dis- discover Warpit by accident. Though I didn't see that solo coming too, but I'm very glad you did it though because I'll tell you one thing though that imposition is going to be in the rotation for a minute now. Oh, listen, it should be. And if you feel like you want to put it in rotation until the words come off the record, <laughs> yeah, um, even the record that you um, you sent me earlier too, when you said I'm ratchet like the chick from the third floor, I was like, yeah, that sold it for me. <laughs> I was actually curious too. You've been on a lot of tours in your lifetime, obviously. 
Um, you were actually a part of a tour that I only wish continued, but it stopped. Um, you were on the anger management tour three, right? Yeah, I was. Um, is it true that you got into it with Suge Knight at the Palms uh, Hotel or something like that, I heard? No. Me? Myself? No, no, no. Just that, like the entourage in general. You know what? No. I don't know anything about that. I don't think I've ever met Suge Knight in my life. Okay. Yeah, I've never met Suge Knight. So, and it, when we were out on tour, there was, there was no issues. Um, as far as I know, I mean, nothing major, maybe little minor things here and there, little, little fender vendors that we, as we can call them, but nothing too major that was memorable as far as negative things, you know what I mean, uh, uh, along that tour. That was actually a good tour, a great tour. We actually traveled the world with that tour. Yeah. Um, well, I actually, uh, read, cause I've been a fan of you for a long time and when I, um, looked at information about you too because like I said you were actually scared to get on a plane too but you were very huge overseas too so I can only imagine like your very first time on a plane but actually getting down to the ground it's like wow like that wasn't that bad yeah well you know my, my very first time uh, on a plane was um, before the world even knew of MLP uh, right after the first record came out we went down to what was called the Gavin Convention in San Francisco, where I met all of my favorite rappers, MCA, the Brad, Coolio, Gangstar, you know, uh, and I fanned out, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I went too. Uh, that was my first time on a plane, and, uh, at one, you know, I was flying for a little bit, but then one, at one point, um, I think I want to say it was, like, right after 9-11, I just got shooken up, and then I didn't fly for a while. But now, dude, I'm practically flying the plane myself. I'm hanging out with pilots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know, I'm on. You know, sometimes I take three planes a day. Oh wow! Yeah, sometimes. Um, so you know, I do what I got to do as a, as a grown man to take care of my family and make sure you know everything is covered at the house. I do whatever I got to do. It's my business, so I got to go. Well, that's a good thing too. You put family first too, as it should be. Um, so I was just curious too, um, because a lot of people, um, everybody wants to stream, 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 stream. Um, I was mostly curious on how come like Two Deaf isn't on streaming sites. Ah, uh, you know what? Something here's, here's the thing about me, right? I never look back. Ah. So I don't, I don't go back to find out um, any information unless it's you know. Unless it's something personal or anything like that, yeah. I keep going forward, and I need my fans to keep going forward with me. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't know. That record was actually, like I said, that was, well, we both know that was my very first record. That was MOP's very first song. I mean, uh, album. Yes. So uh, it's something that we would, we might have to talk to a Mr. Fred Maneo about, who's uh, who was. Uh, And also, too, I'm very glad they gave you a shot, too, because Top of the Line is one of my very favorite records by you. Mind you, like, I had to download it from LimeWire back in the day, but, man, I love that record. Oh, man, me 
top of the line. Top of the line and ring ding. Oh, my God. Now, take me back. <laughs> ring ding was such a good record for me, like, when we first did it. I mean, I hated the version on the album because we actually started doing shows and before the album was actually uh, put up for sale. And I had to do my vocals over. Once, and I, I, I'm coming off of like 10, 15 shows of yelling. And I showed up at the studio after a show, and they like, you gotta do your vocals over. I did the vocals over, and I hated them. But that was one of my favorite songs, Ring Ding and uh, Top of the Line. Oh, wow. So this is why I love when artists do interviews, Billy, because like, people need to know this kind of information too because like these are classic records too but as like you said too you want your fans to grow with you too and it only shows the growth throughout your music throughout the years too because you've been on the go since technically 94 right right i mean really hard too like i just oh, yeah. i never had a vacation this whole time yeah that's so a I fact um, so, when you were actually, you know, just taking an average Sunday to yourself and the family, too, like, I was curious, like, what's something, because, like, people, like, like you said earlier, too, people don't believe you're human. <laughs> right, right. Well, what I, I normally try to do is rest, but that never works out, because we got kids all over the place, and, you know, I gotta, you gotta spend that time with them, and I gotta spend that time with my lady. Rather be watching a movie where I fall asleep as always, or <laughs> trying, you know, trying to cook, or you know, just running out to do some shopping and stuff like that. You know, just just average things that people don't uh, think that someone in my position does. But you know, it, it's regular for me. That's what keeps me grounded too. You know. Um, do you get recognized a lot in public too when you're just doing little errands too, or not really? Okay. Of course. Um, it depends. See, you know what? I'm smart about it. I go where I don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it gets tired after a while. Not really, because that's, that's the fuel that I need to keep going. But oh. in, in certain places, you just don't want to be. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Because you never know what, what could happen. and You don't want to put yourself in, in any kind of position. You know what I mean? It don't make you any less of a man. If you're not hanging out in Brownville, Brooklyn, because your goal is to make it home tonight. So you don't put yourself in positions where you may not make it home every night. Well, the whole goal of making music, too, is actually to broaden your horizon and give yourself a brighter future, too, because music took you places people can only dream they wish they'd done. Get chest out that much to 
wish you put your life on the line. Doesn't make sense. It, you know do- what I mean? it doesn't too because but but a lot of people though they just like it's a certain lifestyle that you just can't leave away from them too but it takes a strong oh. it takes a strong individual though to leave that lifestyle and know the differences of like should I make it home or should I be macho like what you said right see that's the crazy thing though like you could do a lot of great things a lot of good things like you could, you could be like what they call fly like you could buy all of this stuff and you could travel the world and you could make all of this money but nothing's ever better than making it home that night yeah because that's where you lay your head because it lay, it's like what you said you're human that's where you lay your head at night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so at some point these kids will get it and as they grow up they'll get it they're going to deal with a time where I would want to be in those kind of situations and only because I didn't know anything other than that you know what I mean yeah and some of the artists feel like they got to prove things to the people in the street but these people a lot of the people don't really care much about you if you're not doing what they want to see you do you know what I mean so if you if you you know God forbid if something happened to you they'll mourn you for a very short time and then they'll move off because somebody else put a single out yeah that's true that's just how it is but it's like that in life theory well also too like what I admire about MOP too is that you guys are always you guys always held integrity too and that's something very rare for artists nowadays to even go really because I understand that Rockefeller was signed trying to sign you since 95 and then like you guys like always maintained that relationship but you guys never signed until after though because like you just wanted to make it feel right too and that's what I always admired about you guys it's just like you guys weren't quick to be like okay we're Rockefeller great from 95 like it's integrity you guys built your own legacy Right, well, see, with, with, with most artists, like, there's nothing in between, right? It's just, they're either street dudes or bullshit dudes or whatever they are, and then they're artists. Like, there's really nothing in between. Like, we happen to <clears throat> not really be rappers. We just really know how to do it really good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and the only thing we do have is each other is what we built from the beginning, which came way before the music. You know what I mean? Some dudes are, are they just got here as far as, um, you know, groups, like most groups are put together. Most groups are, you know, they met on the train. Most groups are met, they met on the train. Most dudes, are, you know, they met on the train, they met at school or somebody put them together. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when it comes to the thing, like our lives been intertwined with each other since we were little boys small boy um like we go back so far that i don't remember where we met or how we met um so (laughs) you know when it comes to like we just happen to be rappers we we happen to know how to rap like we're not like we didn't set out to go you know what this is what we gonna do you know what i mean most dudes are just are just rappers or they're either you know bullshit people not you know they're stuck in nonsense so it's not number 20 so they don't really have no they have integrity for something but not for you know they, they don't view it like we view it and I'm not shooting anybody down I'm just saying they're not MOP that's very true and also too like because like you guys like it's like you guys grew up together too and you guys were exposed to the street life at a very early age too like even he said that as well 
that that's why that's why you never heard of a breakup, an argument, a disagreement, or anything like that. Because, and, and of course, like we do have maybe we don't agree on everything, but we don't argue, we don't fight. But this is because we had to hold each other down way before the music, you know, from the whole street thing, and even before we got in the street, we had to take care of each other and watch each other back. So it's something real different about us. It's not, you know, let's get together and make and make you know be a rap group or make some money. It's like, you know, we've been together all our lives, and that's the way it's going to continue to be. You know what I mean? I love it. You don't see that nowadays. I love it. Okay, that's right. Um, so you um, and I love her energy too. She, I actually look up to her as a radio personality too. You guys have a great relationship with Heather B. <laughs> she is something special, man. Oh my God, she cook her ass off. Do you do you see her little? Oh my, I follow her on the gram. Trust me, it makes me want to eat my phone. Oh my God, she cook, man. She 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 something crazy in that kitchen. But yeah, really love Heather B. And you know, from the from when we first met Heather B, it's been that same way. Like we've had that feeling for each other. Um, and even though like she's you know a little laid off music right now or whatever like it's not like just because she don't make music we're not cool anymore like we are basically a family um she's she's you know she's a part of our family we're a part of our family love heather b have you are you obviously out of cooking that again you obviously out of cooking <laughs> yeah yeah well you know what i'll be i'll be i'll be looking on her uh on her, on her Instagram for time and trying to steal some of my recipes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. It looks hella good. That should be looking so good, dude. I be like, wow, she gets busy. But um, yeah, that's my girl. That's my family, man. You know, um, I'm very proud of her and I, I love the way she's progressing um, in business and just in life herself. Very, very sweet woman, nice woman, humble, and she's like I said, she's always been the same, dude. And that's something that you can't. When you meet somebody and you know them for years, and they're the same exact way every time you see them or every time you talk to them, you can't front on that. They're giving you exactly who they are. You either hate it or love it. And she, somebody that we love. And that's also a genuine, rare person to find, too, because it's very hard to find people like that nowadays. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. People ain't uh, people ain't the same. People don't have that genuine uh, attachment to human life or friendship or um, care about people like they used to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then everybody got to be somebody else for the Instagram or for the music industry or for just in life. Like even with you know fashion and like if you you know it's horrible because kids can't even they feel uncomfortable coming outside if they don't got the same thing everyone else got. That's very so, true. Right, just like music fans, it's not just music fans, it's society in general. Like people, and I hate to say this like this, but I mean it when I say it like this, people are so easy to brainwash. Mm. That yes. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm not as special as someone else because I drive a Beamer or I drive a Cadillac and I don't drive a Mercedes or uh, Rolls Royce. Am I am I considered to be the bottom of the barrel? Why? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
see what others have. Maybe I took the Rolls Royce money and bought a home. Or I, I spread it out amongst my friends, or I gave it to the homeless to help them out. You know what I mean? That's so I'm still as special as the next person is. And that's what people gotta gotta figure out, man. Like, what are you following when you're following artists or people? Are you following what they're doing? Or are you following them? Like, them as a person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you're, you're not, you're, you have no attachment to the headphones that Dre sold for a billion dollars. You have no attachment to that. Yes, rule him on. Uh, but at 50 headphones did not sell as much as Dre headphones sold. Do you condemn 50? No, because he's because he's the individual that he is. But I understand what you mean by that, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's horrible, man, how people look at things. Well, but that's why I'm glad I'm an individual and I see people um, outside of their car and without their jewelry on or without their bank accounts. You know, you're just all you're just all you know human beings, human beings to me. Well, and then, like, also, too, like, it's like what uh, my very first guest told me, Kid Vicious. It doesn't matter who, how much successful you are at the end of the day. They're still human at the end of the day. It's not like there's some super godlike creature because they have more money or more power than you. They're just still human who just happen to be lucky in life. Right, and you can't. The crazy thing is you can't say it because now you become the hater. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So you can't say that the Jordan sneaker brand, the shoe is actually made for $6 and sold for $300. Yeah. I think the rip-off to the people, yeah, 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 boom, boom, boom. Everybody's going to go, you're a hater. You probably cannot afford the Jordans. That's why you don't wear them. Well, I like two hundred dollars. Like that's a lot of money. Jesus Christ! Right, but but this this sneaker is made for for less than a. I mean, a fraction of a fraction. Oh yeah, it's it's part of the game, though. They come over here and then they sell it for like crazy amount of dollars. When overseas, it's like I think it's like a dollar fifty to make. Right, but see, here's the thing too. Like because I don't. I mean, I had I had one time I had a closet full of Jordans, but I would never wear them. And it was only because I don't like the way they feel on my feet. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in people's eyes, they may go, well, maybe he can't afford Jordan. But I have a closet full. And because I say I don't like them doesn't mean I'm not proud of an individual for making money and being successful. It's just I don't like the sneaker. And I'm not going to wear the sneaker just to look cool for everybody else. Do you realize everyone else have on the sneaker? I have on what I have on, and this is the way you notice it. I stand out like a sore thumb. And that's very, well... (laughs) (laughs) Well, and... For most people, too, like, it's like what you said, too. If they don't have certain things to look down on in society, too, like, that's what I kind of don't like about society, too. It's like how people can be so judgmental, though, but that's been going on forever, though. Well, that's because people are brainwashed, nobody. Yeah. Because there was a time, um, like, even before we were here, right, before we were born, there was a time where there was no name brand clothing, and people just actually judged each other by the character 
how they presented themselves as a man or a woman and not the kind of car that they got out of, what kind of jewelry they got on, how flashy they were, how much money they were. And, and, and you know, in some aspect, yeah, but it wasn't such as, but, you know, as, as it is today. Like, we got poor people actually judging other poor people. That's when you know we're fucked up, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, because I can afford uh, these partic- this particular jacket, and you can't, you're, you're beneath me. When, when all reality, you spent your last to get the jacket. So who's beneath who? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I still got three dollars left. You spent every dollar you had for the jacket to impress other people because you cannot drive. You cannot wear that jacket and look at it all day. You got it on so other people can be excited about it. You put the rims on your car so other people can be excited about it because I'd like to see you drive your car and look at your rims at the same time. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Oh, I definitely do. Um, so I, I, I was curious too um, when you were coming into social media too. What actually made you want to join too? Because you could have never joined. Right, but see, I had I had Facebook when everybody else had MySpace. Oh, you know what I mean? like I I had Facebook. I think it was two thousand five. Everybody else was on uh, on MySpace, right? So it's yeah, I had I had and I had uh, Twitter as well back then. No one was on it then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I never really dabbled that much, and then I would just jump on from time to time, and that was it. Um, with with uh, IG, I'm just not really a picture kind of person, so I kind of like you know it was all about pictures. Um, and then I just got on and kind of figured it out a little bit. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an individual that I'm a work in process. So I catch on to things as I catch on to them. And then when I, if I'm excited about it, I'll, you know, I'll go as hard as I, as I can, but I don't do anything for anyone else's satisfaction. I do it for my satisfaction. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the way it should be, too, because, like, you're only here on this earth to please yourself, because, like, yes, you did give us amazing albums, I ain't gonna front on that, you gave us Down For Whatever, you gave us Handling Business, but, like, you also done a lot for your personal life, too.
mean, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I, I just wish more people would get out of that. Just realize it's cool to be to, to be yourself, man. Just realize it's cool to be human. You know what I mean? Well, well, and that's the way, like, a lot of people, they're in that bubble, too, because they want to live some super fabulous lifestyle, too, but deep down, they kind of lose themselves, because it's like, you really got to find yourself, too. Like, I'll tell you something very inspirational, too, for years, I was trying to find myself, like, I was trying everything from being a photographer, to bike riding, to being a video gamer, but nothing was sticking. I even tried to be a rapper at one point, but that is not the way I want to go. It wasn't until I started interviewing, and I never knew that it was in front of me this entire time, because I wasn't one of those regular kids who watched TV. I was always, like, reading the magazines or when, like, the interviews were on TV during the movies. For me, I would be more into that. So it just all kind of clicked in one day, just like, wow, this shit's been in front of me my entire life. And honestly, um, I went on to interview Black Moon, Crooked Eye, Raz Kaz twice, and Master Ace. Just and now I can honestly say that you're a part of that. I just want to say thank you very much, man, because you don't have to be doing this, but it also shows the individually and the humble humblest of you. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you for uh, you know setting this whole interview up. It's great. No, I mean, like I said, you know, people sometimes think that all I do is rap, or I make a lot of noise, or I travel the world and tour. Like sometimes I, want, I need, well, all the time I need people to understand exactly who I am, and especially now coming in this, in, into this new venture that I'm doing with the solo and all the other business. I need people to understand that uh, it's going to, I need you to accept records like Show Me or uh, In Position because even though that's not what you're used to, for me, because I am a person, I need to give you all these different dimensions of Philly dance. You know what I mean? But it also shows, too, that we can expect, like, the growth from an artist, too, because, like, when, I, when I, I'm telling people, too, when I'm about to put them onto this six-pack, as soon as when they hear he all right from the start, they're going to be like, wow, this is something different, but it, it's the good different, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, and that's the reaction that I need, you know what I mean, as an artist. Um, I need for a listener, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say fan. I'm gonna say a listener. I like that. Enjoy the music and not and not confine me to a box. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to confine myself to a box. So the listenership confine me to a box and just enjoy the music for what it is. You know what I mean? And the growth of it is something that people really want, but sometimes just don't ask for. And not just not just with me as an artist, but just in everyday life, people don't like change. Why I don't know. But if you don't change, you can't grow. There's no progress. That, you know what I mean? Well, and, and plus too, like it's like what Hove said too. Why would you work so hard to to be the same? Right. Exactly. This is when keeping it real goes all the way to fuck wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You done kept it so real that now you can't feed yourself. Now you can't feed your family. Yeah. You kept it so real, now you can see everybody, uh, you can see what's under people's skin. They see the true colors. Right, they don't really love you. They don't really, they're not really stuck on you. They're stuck on the thought of you or how people hold you, which should never be important. 
because the way people view you is not going to carry you through life. It may carry you through the day just to get by. You know what I mean? Like, I watched a very, very super rich friend of mine walk around his own backyard almost day. I watched him for a couple of days. And I, you know, I was pumping at his house for, for whatever reason. For a couple of days, I was in the area. And uh, I watched him just walk around the house, walk around the backyard. Now, when I did to talk to him, like, on a third day, and he's like, man, I'm, I'm, um, I'm miserable. Like, you got all of this money. You got all of these chicks. You got all of these beautiful cars and this beautiful home. But he was miserable because he couldn't be himself. People wouldn't allow him to be himself. So for the rest of his life, I don't care how many smiles he put on or how many new cars he buy or how many new chains and rings he buy, he's still going to be miserable. That's no way to live, brother. No, it's not. Because, like, we only have one life. Why live it, live it depressed and stuff like that, too? But it's like what you said, though. Like, sometimes they're brainwashed and they're just lost. Yep, exactly. Um, exactly. So I was curious, too, on the track, Show Me, too, on who's the female artist that you put on that? A uh, few? I don't, I don't want to say uh, your name wrong. Uh, her name is Pooh. Okay, yeah. And she fit that She fit that song perfectly. I ain't going to front. It's not bad to get with a legend the first time, god damn. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, hats off to Fool, and I thank her very much. And, um, but she, she, like I said, it's the first time in the studio, but she has been, you know, working on some stuff, even before, you know, we went in the studio together. Um, so, we, we can expect to hear some stuff from her. And listen, dude, like, the, when we did the record, it was the, the very first day I met her. It was like, I didn't know her a week before. I didn't know her a day before, hours wow. before. Right then, we just got to it. It's like the chemistry right off the bat and wasted no time. That's right. Right. Um, How you doing? Was it true um, that you knew Papoose way before? I mean, sorry, is it true that you knew how nice Papoose was way before the world knew he, how nice he was? Yeah. <laughs> I was always curious about that.
just the individual that he is outside of being an artist to his family life and the way that he um, puts his family on his back and and and, and uplift people to to kind of do the same with the whole black love movement with him and Remy Ma. Um, you know, they got a beautiful family over there, man. And I'm really happy for Pat and, and Remy uh, for, for their progress as artists and um, as, a, as a union. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting that you worked with Remy of Annie of Remix, too. See, I'm not a, I'm not, I'll keep it all the way a buck. I'm not focused on the singles. I'm more of like the album cut guy. Like, I like the grimy stuff that doesn't get played on the radio. should be too like because like we got to do it for a reason too it, either it's for taking care of yourself but if you have loved ones you do it for them as well exactly 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 i mean who don't have loved ones like you got to care about something or someone right <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> yeah it'd be a cold ass dude if you oh, don't right like who the fuck are you <laughs> <laughs> what no what are you you know what i mean like you don't got no emotion <laughs> um can we expect, well, you're obviously shooting a video for Show Me, too, because you're getting a great response for that as well. Of course. Of course. Show Me, and there's, there's a few other records on the Baker's Dozen that will have video uh, for them. It's coming, though. I'm very excited, man. I'm very excited. We're giving the, uh, it's kind of lighting this fuel under me, you know what I mean? So, um, as long as I can get people to continue to respond the way that they are like I'm going to continue to go and, uh, well and it's also like I love like after all of these years how you still collaborate with Teflon too because like if you go back and look at certain rap albums he's to be that one nice dude who was always around the group they always featured him on the earlier albums but as time went on they never featured him as much. That's not the case of you guys, though. You always guy kept Teflon around, too. He's what, like, when I first heard Teflon on New Jack City, I was like, Jesus Christ, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tef is amazing, man. And Tef is the same as me and Fame. Like, we all, we all grew up together. Okay. But Tef is just not a dude that just showed up at the studio or we got cool with, you know, once we got in the business. This is way before the business. You know what I mean? So, and any of our family members that, that uh, you know, that want to rap or make beats or whatever, like, we're always, we're always there for them. You know, we'll always connect with them. Um, and even if they ain't as dope as other people, like, we still, it's, it's our obligation to give them the lane and, 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 and open up opportunities for them so that they can, and this is a very important part, so that they can provide for themselves and their family. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's the key to it all, too. That's right. 
Um, well, um, I won't take up m- most of your time, Mr. Days. Um, I was curious on when the fans can expect Baker's Dozens, too, because I'm, I'm hype as hell. I won't front. Uh, <laughs> Baker's Dozens, I'm just going to say this. Baker's Dozens is soon. Oh, okay. Oh, you're going to keep the suspense going. I love it. I love it. Really, really soon. I need people to keep their eyes open and, you know, keep your ear open for the Baker's Dozen. And everything that we got coming off it, um, we've already dropped um, on Fishing. We dropped a video for that. We dropped the narrow. Excuse me, let me go back on Fishing, which was produced by my man Mark Bird, who uh, does a lot of work with Kanye and a few other guys. Um, and the narrow, who, uh, which which was produced by um, Diesel Williams, great, great producer. Um, we dropped those two, and now, you know, the leak, we just started leaking this record maybe two, three days ago, and it's called Show Me, produced by Jazzy Moto, featuring Fu. Um, so, you know, as long as we keep getting the energy that we're getting off of these records, I think we'll be all right when that Baker doesn't actually come. Oh, most definitely until you you can even release right now to show me it's still gonna make a beta too. I already put I'm already predicting that. I ain't gonna front. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, bro. Listen, like I said, play it until the words come off and then I'll send it back to you and then go ahead and play it to those words come off. Right there. Oh yeah, you know most definitely too, because most people I'll keep don't listen to because uh, I know because people in my generation don't listen to the shit because the beat too but see me this is how I knew I was born in the wrong era too because I love music with a message in it too like I don't like to go out and like get turned up and pop a bunch of molly too like I'll go listen to fucking 96 sweater 97 and then be like wow man that shit took me through the grimy shit but there was a story behind that. There's metaphors in that that people don't get unless they're actually in love with the hip hop culture. Right, but see that, and that's another thing too, right? We we have this. Uh, well, I have this thing in my head where you know, I feel like I want to say to the world that this is this thing of ours. So it doesn't matter if you come from the era of who hurts. Melly Mel, Grandmaster Flash, Grandmaster Cab, all these other cats. If you come from the era of MOP, Snoop Dogg, excuse me, let's go back. If you come from the era of Coogee Rap, Big Daddy Kane, uh, Positive K, Juice Crew, you know, BDP, or if you come from the era of MOP, Snoop, all these other cats, or if you come from the era now, from the present day, it doesn't matter. Like, this is this thing of ours. You think about this very clear, uh, very closely, my brother. Okay. When you look at all the artists that's around, most of these guys are from the street or poverty-stricken neighborhoods. Now these guys got million-dollar homes, nice cars, they take care of their family. Uh, you know, they're out of the street. Um, they're putting their kids through college. Trey sold some headphones for a billion dollars. Jay-Z got a billion dollars. 50 Cent got power going on. Um, Luda has movies, T.I.'s got an empire, you know what I mean? Like, these are the people that come from exactly where we come from. So, through this thing of ours, they're actually able to provide for themselves and their family. All of us are. You know what I mean? So, it's supposed to keep going. Like, we need the little Yachty's and the, uh, you know, I don't know all of their names, but the Drake's and all of these other cats. We need them all. And music is going to change in another few more years. There's going to be a bunch of new kids coming in that's coming off of the street and out of these poverty-stricken neighborhoods. Yeah. 
we need this. This is this thing of ours. So all the segregation in it, I'm not for it. I don't give a fuck if it's Nelly, Mel, Cool, Herc, if it's uh, T.I., if it's M.O.P., if it's, you know, uh, anybody, any of the young kids coming from Chicago or anybody coming from Philly, Meek Mills, anybody. We need it. And I enjoy it. I appreciate it. And I'm glad that we're keeping it going. That sounds great. That's great to hear how a humble individual like yourself can embrace the youth like a Kendrick Lamar and say we need something like that too. Like that's that's how it should be too. Is teaching the youngins on this is next and it's okay to like it. It's all about knowing the history as well, though. Right. Listen, bro. They said hip hop wasn't gonna last ten years. It's almost fifty now. It's almost fifty years old. Hip hop. Right, if that would have happened, then you would never be having this conversation. What are the odds of us having any kind of conversation? Yeah. If hip hop would have died in the 10 years that they said it was going to die. And we never would have got all this music that would have changed the world. That's right. That's right. So, long live hip hop. It's this thing of ours, man. Um, well, Billy Day, I just want to tell you that you've this is an incredible interview too um i want to ask you this question too because i asked fame this question too and i also ask this question to each individual at the end of each episode too okay so the reason why i ask this question is no individual can ever answer this question the same because we're all unique and different with that being said there could be somebody out there doesn't matter what age can look up to you guys and be in a mental space they don't know what to do so with that being said do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel well really all I can say to someone that may possibly be in that position now is you never give up some people have hopes and dreams um Sometimes, well, most people have hopes and dreams. Sometimes you got to cover what you hope for before you get to the dream. Or sometimes you got to cover the dream before you get to what you hope for. But you can't get to either one of these things if your head is so clouded with the, the negativity around you or the issues on the table. See, if you take things one day at a time, You'll always get to the next day. It may be another issue the next day, but you deal with that, and then you keep going. So you can't stop. That's basically all it is. Don't stop. Don't give up on yourself, especially if you feel like everyone else is giving up on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. you got to keep going. That's it. And it's not going to happen overnight, too. you just got to take it day by day. Exactly. One day at a time. One hurdle at a time. Um, That's how you do it. Well, you know, I, I know when the people hear this interview that they already cherish your music, but they're going to cherish it a lot more now because I'm really got, glad we got to see the side of you, Billy Dave. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity. And <clears throat> yourself and, and your listeners, make sure, you know, y'all stay on that six-pack and get ready for this Baker Dunham. Oh, yeah, don't worry, though. I'm going to get him hyped for this Baker's Dozen. <laughs> That's good, brother. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, too, Billy Dave. With that being said, this is a dream come true. From the desk low, 
featuring my guy, Billy Days.